this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast, you voted, we listened, and we are going to be covering Belgravia for our summer show. There are six episodes, and this is episode one, so let's kick things off. back with something something new for the people and when we say something new but what we mean is a show that was on air three years ago because <laughs> we never do a show uh, unless it's the gilded age that is on air currently well i mean we, uh, did, I mean, the we crown, did do the crown fairly and we did queen charlotte mm-hmm. but per usual we're very late to the party on, on certain shows uh, but this was the fans choice we need to get that out of the way first and foremost the fans voted for it yeah, and, and, and thank you for everyone who participated in that. There's some very vocal people out there who, despite us pleading last week, only choose between the two that we offered, said, no, you should watch this. And we're like, yes, we will. We promise we'll get to so many other British dramas eventually. But th- this was the hand we were dealing. And Yeah, all the people are that are like, Gravia. you need to watch current shows are telling us to watch shows that have been off the air for five years. Your, your mom even uh, reached out to us and said, you need to do uh, or the Guernsey watch. Yeah, the Guernsey Literary <laughs> Potato Peel Society. Yeah, the movie. We did it, Miss Winchell. Yeah. Um, we'll send you the episode. Uh, but appreciate the enthusiasm. Always oh, yeah. love it. And it's Bell. I mean, I, we how how foolish did you feel when it's Belgravia? And we've been calling it Belgravia. <laughs> For years. I'm going to keep calling it Bill Gravia. I don't care, man. Bill Gravia. Because they have a thing in the show where her daughter, is, it's, her name is spelled Sophie, Sophia, and they go, Sophia. And it's like, wait, wait what? Hey. Uh, and you know, it, Julian is just cackling to himself somewhere when, you know, they, they read the book. Because apparently this is based on a book that Julian Fellows wrote and published in 2016. Mm-hmm. He was just cackling to himself when they had to make this into a show, and he he said, "No, you've had it wrong the whole time. It's, <laughs> it's Sophia." So <laughs> oh man! Well, before we so get anyways, into Belgravia, and I will try my best to say Belgravia, do we have any mm-hmm. news on the front of our shows, other shows? You know, I haven't been really paying attention. It's summertime, man. <laughs> I've been kind of checked out on that front. Well, we do uh, have a little bit of a tidbit of news that we not really news per se but our boy Jim Carson is cashing a Jim Carter is cashing a paycheck that's true uh, Jim, uh, Carson from Downton Abbey uh, Jim Carter he is going to be in Wonka if you saw the trailer he features in the trailer that is otherwise a terrible trailer for a movie that does nothing to get me excited except Jim Carter getting paid I, I get excited about that mm-hmm. Take the money, Jim. Yeah, take it. Take it and run. Run far away from that film. Uh, apologies to anyone who who actually watched the trailer and enjoyed it. I, ho- I hope you like it when it comes out. I do not intend to see it when it arrives. Yeah, I, I, it's gonna take a lot to get me to watch that. Man, I mean, if we if someone told me Jim Carter's in like a third of the movie at least, I would give it a shot just for him. If Jim Carter paid us, maybe. Uh, I consider if he. It. If he Called us and we got an interview with Jim Carter. I would watch Wonka. You know that I mean that is an idea. They may be doing promo for the movie and they may need some people to interview Jim Carter. <laughs> That's true. You never know. 
So we should stop besmirching the movie and give it a second chance. It's the director of it's Paddington. The director I love of Paddington. Paddington. You know, and I mean, I I would say I like the subject material, but this is not mm-hmm. based on anything. I used to I loved Roald Dahl as a kid, so I loved Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the book. I was mm-hmm. okay with the Wilder movie. I liked the Depp movie when it came out, so. You know, I don't have the nostalgia for the Wilder movie the way that a lot of people in our age group do. I I, I love that movie growing up. It was so weird, mm-hmm. and it just really imprinted itself on your brain because it was just so strange. Yeah, but I so I'm I'm here for it, but I'm not like I'm not here for whatever weird world of Wonka they're creating <laughs> based on nothing. <laughs> but it doesn't matter if we're there for it. Jim Carter's there for it. That's all people need to know. Yeah, exactly. Well, if that's all the news we got, I would just like to say that I want to pull up on Twitter that we had a fan mm-hmm. that responded to our tweet in regards to Belgravia winning this contest. And Twitter is loading. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Drew, Mike Drew, what on Twitter said. Depressing, but maybe worth it. Wow. Was he talking about the show or the fact that that, that won? won? And I, my response was just, we'll see, because I really don't know how to respond to that. Um, but after watching this episode, I really think he might have been talking about the show. And Michael Drew, if you're listening, let us know what you meant. Yeah. Well, I mean, to, to start breaking into to Belgravia, Dave, were you aware that Julian Fellows is a published author? No, and also like, eh, you know, Julian Fellows, I feel like it's not surprising. Everyone's a published author now. Hugh Bonneville's a published author. Well, I mean, and yes, they've published many of the scripts from Downton Abbey too. I think you can buy them in seasons, the, mm-hmm. the scripts for the television show. But Julian Fellows, he has a few novels. Uh, Snobs from, it looks like 2006. Past Imperfect from 2009. And then I think he was busy with Downton Abbey. And then in 2016... After Down Abbey Raps, he came out with Bel- Belgravia, Belgravia, who knows. So, yeah, he's had a few cracks at it. And I was just wondering, Dave, should we ever do this for like a summer reading assignment? <laughs> well, we're halfway through the summer at this point, so, I mean. Yeah, it's too late for this summer, maybe. A fall reading Maybe in Australia summer. Book club. Patreon book club. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I'll lay the gauntlet down. I'll do it. We're a little behind on the Patreon. Just because of all of the the things we've been talking about in our personal lives over the past few weeks, yeah, I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna say it right now. We'll do a giveaway of this book, one of the fellows' books, and we'll read it on the Patreon. Whoever wins the giveaway gets free entry. We'll read it to you into the Lords of Grantham Lounge on Facebook to talk with us about it, and we'll pick which one it is, and we'll figure out what the contest is for next week. Maybe a Dave, Apple I'm a podcast slow reader. I, I'm a very slow reader. Get the audio book. We'll figure it out. Okay. All right. All right. And we'll give oh, ourselves man. a month to do, do the audio book. Excuse me? Does he do the audio book? Julian Fellows? If he does, it's going to take you longer to listen to it than to read it. Because he's, he's going to be cackling throughout it. That's, that's how he's Julian just Fellows with does. Himself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you did it again, Julian, as he reads you his, uh, his story. Okay. Belgravia, Belgravia, episode one. Untitled episode, right? They're just 1.1. Yeah. I mean, I, just like I, I doubt the chapters are, are named in the book, right? So let's dive right in. Mm-hmm. So, well, the 
first thing we hear, that score, John Lund, baby, John Lund, cashing them back. checks. He's back. It made me realize how much I'm, and, and not to say that this is a bad thing about Gilded Age. I wish he was on Gilded Age. Mm. He, he has a way of lending urgency uh, to his music. Yeah. I think kind of livens it up a little bit. And I think we are uh, also a little impartial because we heard him explain the theme song to us for Downton mm-hmm. when we went to the Downton Abbey Live experience in uh, New York City a couple years ago. So Yeah. Yeah, he's our boy. He's our boy. That's our boy. Uh, but good score, good opening credits. I think I might yeah. watch him all six episodes. Why not? It sounds good. It looks good. It definitely invokes Downton. And I think mm-hmm. that was you know part of the marketing push, too, is like, because this is early 2020 coming on the heels of the movie being successful the year before this was just how they were going to like you know push it it's like Downton Abbey but in Belgravia mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, somewhere else uh, so it really does put you in that mindset but the structure of this episode is anything but down in a lot of ways it's a lot of table setting for the story that we're going to get which oh, feels yeah. like a novel yeah um like whereas Downton like immediately thrusts you into the world of the upstairs downstairs, this is slow rolling the details to you. Oh yeah, like this. There's, I mean, I don't even think it's really a big discussion point, but it's not until like three quarters of the episode, of the way through the episode, that we even meet the downstairs staff, and they even really start yeah. to take, you know, become fleshed out. I was thinking as I was watching that. Who knows if there's even going to be an upstairs downstairs dynamic going on here. Right, and I mean, we can almost tackle that right now before we get into the rest of the plot of the episode, is mm-hmm. that uh, the the downstairs that they show uh, when everyone's a grown adult in this, this uh, episode, uh, they gossip about the upstairs like we've seen uh, on Downton and elsewhere. The The difference, it seems to be, is that the, the, the Carson adjacent down there, Turton, he doesn't seem to hold court as firmly as Carson. Uh, people are willing to talk back and, and you know say like, oh, you know, I'm more on the side of the owners of the house, the, the people who have the wealth versus the, the children or the, mm-hmm. you know, the in-laws or anything like that. And they, they actually have a debate about who they're siding with. Whereas if it was Carson there, he would say, nope, <laughs> it's the owners. They're yeah, the ones who are paying your bills. We're done talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so a little bit of a different vibe down there. And I mean, understandably, this is taking place well before Dallin, right? About 100 years. Um, it's 1815. Yeah, it's a little bit darker uh, in terms of the lighting. Uh, but they have a lot of food down there. So they're going to be well employed for the next 100 years at least. We can say that much. Yeah, I don't really see these people. <laughs> I mean, who knows how wealth works? Because these are new, new-ish money. As we see, but then again, yeah. we're also trailing off of the right. Main but at the end of the day, the the point is like we'll get to the downstairs probably in future weeks. I mean, the actor Paul Ritter who plays Turton is pretty recognizable, uh, so I'm sure they'll play a bigger role. But this week, just letting you know that they exist down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the thrust of the narrative this week is with the the trencher, trenchards. Um, Specifically, well, it is just a trenchards. Uh, <laughs> we we don't know it yet, but we're starting years before where the rest of the show is going to take place. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are introduced to um, 
Mr. Trencher, uh, James Trenchard, and he is what they call a uh, victolent. He's like a supply guy. Yes. So, yeah, so they were known for supplying, like, the military and um, even, like, people uh, of well regard with, like, uh, rations and food and, and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's how he has, he knows, he has connections, but he's not held in the highest regard because it is just kind of a, he's just doing a job for people. Yeah, he's, he's not a member of society, although he fuels society. Yeah, the Victor, 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 <laughs> I, I can't say it right. They call him the magician, yeah, which is much magician. easier to refer to him as. <laughs> I assume they call him the magician just because, he, just because he makes things appear. Yeah, um, yeah. But we see that his daughter has procured for him an invite to uh, a ball gown night. Uh, a, a ball, as it's called. <laughs> it's a ball. Yeah, a ball. Uh, two invites for, for him and his wife and one for the daughter. And when he delivers this news to his wife, uh, her name is Anne Trenchard, she's not too thrilled about it. No. She doesn't like that he's essentially kind of blackmailed his way into getting here because of his daughter's relationship with the Duke. Duke's son and yeah, um, Edmund. Yep. And yeah, they, she she's a little bit embarrassed, but for him, he just sees an opportunity to make more connections, get some business. Because she thinks it's a bad look. Anne is kind of a downer, as we see, and I think this is where mm-hmm. our our pal on Twitter might be right, saying depressing because she's not a fun person to be around. And she, she's uh, basically saying, Anne, this, yeah. Anne is saying, this Edmund guy is not great news. You know, he's kind of like, you're, you're too young to be rolling the dice like this with this guy. Yeah. And, and Anne is like, or Sophia is like, nah, I love him. He's the one for me. And the magician is like, I love it. Get me into this ball. <laughs> Anything that you know expands my reach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, he is this this kid is the eldest son of the earl. Uh, and right, because is he the son of the duke? Because I forget. Because like the the duke and duchess that we meet. No, I, I can't. There's I can't, a lot of royalty confused, that we meet, and I feel like he's the son episode... of the the knee the of the of the sister of the the first couple that shows up at the ball. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, you see immediately at this ball that there are these two people. I, I think yeah, it's the, they're they're royalty, the associated at least Duke Duke and Duchess. This is, folks, this is what you're getting from us. I'm sorry, I, I, <laughs> there's so many names. But you can see they don't like the the Trenchards being there. They're like, what is this guy doing here? He's not of high regard. How did he get in here? Yeah, and we but see that people are a little annoyed with with Edmund. Yeah. Why, why did you pull this sort of stunt? He, he looks like a guy who smells. Like, he's, he's the guy around town that everyone sees and is like, oh, that guy. He smells. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's, it's, Lord, it's the Balassus. Yeah, the Balassi's ball, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. It's, well, Edmund is Balassus. There's all, you know, there's a lot of people they introduce to us, and they're all involved in this historic, the Battle of Waterloo. 
you know, this is right. Based. But you, you do see like they do try to be welcoming to them when they show up at the ball. Like, oh, we got to make nice, and it's, it feels a little tense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can definitely see that with how she's um, b- between uh, Miss Trenchard uh, and the other lady that's there. <laughs> yeah, there's the small it's, talk is very forced. Yeah, but we see Sophia exactly. is. Yeah, the like, Duchess of Richmond. Yeah, Sophia is stuck to Edmund. Like these two are seem to be in love from mm-hmm. all eyes and peas. Yep, the Duke's son is very much down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, the ball is happening, and as you're saying, Dave, they're on the brink of war. Yeah, Napoleon's coming to battles. So they're gonna have to go to Waterloo to to <laughs> stop them. And if you know anything about history, Waterloo is the big one. Yeah. Uh, as, as I say, like they've had a lot of battles and they thought they would be the last one, but this has definitely got to be the last one. Yeah. And so, like, even then, they're kind of like, because, like, I think, is it the prince who's there? The Prince of Orange is there. Yes, the Prince of Orange. <laughs> a very uh, anonymous uh, prince. Um, but I think even everyone's surprised to be like, Trenchard, we need you. Come on. <laughs> we're, we're going to war. It's yeah, happening well, tonight. Well, you know, I think. Sort of a morale boosting event, and and it seems as though a lot of these people are in Brussels to avoid mm-hmm. what is happening in the world. And yeah, Napoleon is on the brink of of getting onto them, and they're saying like we, you know, we just wanted to be here to get away from that, and now it's coming to our back door again, and we wanted to avoid high society stuff too, and it's here with us right now. And right, they're in the middle of their meal, and all of a sudden. The news comes in. Tonight's the night. Napoleon's yep. coming. It's, it's happening. So all these it, people, all these military guys that are all dressed up in their uniform anyway, got to go and they're like, magic man, magician, come with us. Yeah. And Edmund and Sophia, they profess to each other, I love you so much. No, I love you so much. And it's like, okay, this ain't meant to be. This is not going to last because they are really trying to sell uh, sell you hard that these two are for each other in that moment. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that that's w- w- they literally say we're the luckiest couple alive, and we're in love. Uh huh. Yep. No gentleman will break his word. Uh, you know, <laughs> that is said out loud. Uh, so yeah, he rides away. And, and, and Sophia starts bawling her eyes out. So basically, Magic Man, magician, has to go with the military. Sends yeah. Anne and Sophia off. Sophia does not want to leave Edmund. She's bawling her eyes out. Mom is like, look, you got to stop making a fool of, of us because this is not... Your little boyfriend over here is not going to get us into society right now. Your behavior will yep. get us booted from society if you make a fool of yourself. So mm-hmm. get it together and let's go. And then yeah. they're gone. We see them march off and then march back looking dirty. And that's how we knew uh, the battles have taken place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, that Waterloo uh, happened. Um, and so uh, Mr. Trenchard comes back home. He's yeah, happy to day. see his wife. And he, he's got some news. She's, been, she's playing the piano. And he's like, hey, hey, I'm here. I'm here, honey. Maybe it's time uh, to stop. <laughs> yeah. Quit the noise. Uh, I got some bad news. Uh, the D- Duke of Brunswick is dead. That's not the worst of things. The Viscount 
Balassus is dead. Ed. Edmund, as you may know him. And she can't believe it. She's like, don't say so. And he's like, I'm afraid of this. So I, I, I went back to the battlefield. I looked at him. <laughs> I stared him in the eyes. And she's like, what were you doing back in the battlefield? And he's like, well, I had to go collect, you know. <laughs> I got to make my this money. This is my job. There, there's literally things of value out there. I needed to get that. Uh, so, yes, he is sure that he saw him. He is sure that he is dead. Uh, which I guess is a good way of doing that without them p- spending the budget to recreate a battlefield just to prove out that this guy died. Mm-hmm. Um, and suddenly we jump 26 years later. How, how surprised were you by this, Dave? I was like, what is going on? I, I was so confused. Yeah, and they immediately show uh, Miss Trenchard again, and she looks the same. Yeah, I was, Maybe I, she has a I was few shocked. more wrinkles, but... A couple grays, but no more grays than what happened following a war where your daughter's boyfriend was killed. Yeah. Milk does the body good. I don't know, man. Maybe it's Maybelline. She looked the same. It's mm-hmm. insane. Um, but the the Duchess of Bedford was expecting her. And so she, she goes to, to visit there and she runs into the Duchess of Richmond. Well, I mean, I think and we're jumping over the big, the big reveal that we hear before she goes. Oh no, no, she, it's not after. It's not after. okay. You're sorry. No. Sorry. The big no. revelation. So she meets the Duchess of Richmond, who does look older. Yes. But they did the classic thing, thing where they swapped out her red hair for gray hair. <laughs> That's it. Why couldn't they have done the same to, to Miss Richmond? Is it or Trenchard? I'm sorry. Uh, why couldn't they have done that for her? Give her some gray hair. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, Contract. They, they could. They could do anything. But they choose not. I mean, Julian is very much in control of this process. So, whatever he yeah. says goes. Maybe he saw how she looked with gray hair, and he was like, "You know what? I like her as a brunette." Mm-hmm. Hey. That's that's what Julian thought. <laughs> keep keep, keep her, her brunette. Keep I like her the that. way I like her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're catching up, and they're like, "Oh, I remember you. Yeah, I remember you. You were at that ball the night of, uh, you know, uh, of in Brussels that were before they went to Waterloo." And so they're, they're catching up, and she's like, oh, how's your daughter? I, I remember her. And that's when we get there, Dave. Sophia died. And her name wasn't Sophia. It was Sophia. <laughs> I was, and I was mispronouncing it the whole time. Little did I know. Yeah. But, yeah, Richmond is just like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I remember her really well, actually. I'm, that, that's actually sad to hear. And she's like, do you have any other kids? And they have a somewhat... Strange conversation about how it's okay to have a favorite kid, whether or not you want to admit it. She right. said she was she, the she child of your heart. Mm-hmm. We we learned that Sophia Sophia had a, a sibling, just one brother. It was mm-hmm. a son. Whereas Richmond has fourteen children. Fourteen. Good That's God. Jeez. What a life. Did she just like pop one out last week before She's we even met her? Like, come on. Yeah, she is Queen Charlotte. She's they they were running up the board. Um. But she is open to admitting that she has two she actively dislikes. I'm sure Queen Charlotte has more than two that she actively dislikes. Yeah, I don't think she likes any of them. Um, but that's that. They wish each other well. Uh, because the uh, was it another lady walks in. Yes. I'm looking for and her exact title. What's the actress? Oh, this is it was Lady Brockenhurst. Lady Brockenhurst. Yes. Um, 
And so she's the sister of, of Richmond. She's like, I want to talk to you right now. Yeah, she overheard the conversation about the, the ball. Mm-hmm. Why were you there? She wants to know. And we do get some good exposition here of like, oh, is uh, your husband still supplying, supplying foodstuffs? Uh, and she's like, well, he partnered with Cubit, who apparently is a well-respected guy, uh, as uh, the other later tells her. Um, and so he's no longer a carpenter or anything. They have like a respectable business, it sounds like. They're, they're doing okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they talk more about the relationship with her daughter, with Lord Belassus, and how they, they got along. And she says yet again, twice over. This is like if you went to the bathroom during that last conversation <laughs> and you come back in the room, they let you know again that she died. Yeah, she's happened. dead. She's gone. Yep. Uh, and she she's kind of confused herself, uh, Miss Trenchard. Like, who told you I'd be there? And she was like, oh, no, I just heard you were here. And yeah, heard the name. Yeah, I wanted to come say hi. Forgive me. Yeah, but she does appreciate the conversation because it reminds her, uh, and she is the mother of Belasis. I think that's the, the key thing here. She is mm-hmm. actually the mother. Uh, um, and appreciates that. She's left with a good memory of her of her son having a good time with, with the daughter the night before he left. Yeah. Now, <laughs> we go back to the Trenchard's home and we see Mr. Trenchard talking about paint, a portrait on the wall that was done by a painter who eventually painted for the queen and who now you have to pay twice to get them. And this just sounds like, you know, this guy's a blowhard. He, he's yeah, just talking he, up he's stuff. Glad, he's glad to be rich, which is something that we've learned. He's, he's excited. He's that new money, but he's like old man new money. He reminds me of Lord Danbury in Queen Charlotte, where he's like, sure, I'm here. I'm in the money, baby. He's but he doesn't know how to carry himself. No, no. He, it's still all new to him. Um, but we do meet the the son there, uh, and his wife. Mm-hmm. And his son is was it Oliver, Oliver Trenchard? Oliver Trenchard. And Susan Trenchard. And Susan looks a lot like Sophia. Sophia, if you ask me, actually, uh, played by Al Sleeve. But I, uh, I can see it. Yeah. But you can tell there's tension between them, where the in law daughter there she kind of pushes back on some of the stuff that the mother says, you know, because mm. they're, they're talking about having a home. They, they want to have a home that's not pokey, that's not, not so cl- small and stuffy and stuff. And the parents, of course, are just like, come on, don't be spoiled, you know? Yeah, you can see that there's... The, the Oliver and, and his wife are very much of the mindset, like, we are children of wealth, and or I am mm-hmm. a child of wealth, and he, first off, he feels left out because his mom didn't get Susan invited to this tea party. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to just position himself in this society, whereas I think Anne and and uh, James are very much of the mindset that, you know, like they're still adjusting, even though it's been years of them being wealthy. They don't yeah. fit into this society, whereas Oliver and Susan are like, let's get us in here. Come on. You got to bridge this gap so we can be the, the next generation. And the downstairs make a good point too that you know it wasn't like they married her for nothing. She comes with her own money as well, mm-hmm. so she's expecting to have a house, uh, you know, to, to live in. Um, and I think it was they they reference Sophia's death at, at dinner again too, mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of stick the dagger a little bit more in the mother. But I'm sure that that tension between the in law daughter 
and Mother will become a bigger blowout as the season moves along. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we got to go somewhere. And before they go to bed, we, we uh, see a, a bit of a, an argument between the, the trenchards because she wants to mention something that came up in the conversations with, with Brockton, uh, Brock and... Uh, how do you say it? Brockington? Uh, is that Brockenhurst. What Brockenhurst. Oh, Brockenhurst. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, people. To speak about something with, with, with her husband, not, not at the dinner table. Yeah. And... The, what's, what's the key point of the conversation she wants to have with him? Key point of the conversation is, is there's there's a secret. Right. And and dad is like, no, 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 don't. This is us. This is for us. Yeah, because the thing is, she really connected with Brock and Hurst during that conversation today. Mm-hmm. And she feels it may be necessary to let this woman know that she's a grandma. Yeah. There was a, a secret child. One of the best soap opera tropes, a secret child that was born 26 years ago. A secret child that killed so far. <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's why she is dead. And this was, I think, uh, this is like Fellows at, at his apex creatively, I think. This story mm, of how, how they came to be. Because he incorporates everything that we've learned so far and then like rewards us for, for paying attention to things. Because up to this point, everything seems a little bit like quaint with the show. It's like, mm-hmm. well, where's the real intrigue? Where, where's the fun? This is kind of meh. But no, this is where it pays off. All, all that stuff about being in love and really being for each other? No, no, no. Not nah, today. Nah. Edmund Belasis, piece of trash. Oh, yeah. What a great, great reveal. We find out that he faked a wedding with the local vicar or, or pastor. Mm-hmm. to Sophia, knowing that he was going to battle. And then they went to his quarters and consummated the marriage. And then... He also got the father to sign off on it without the father telling the wife. Yeah, yeah, because they, they he, thought something more would happen. And then right, they go and you to, know the father was probably clicking his heels, like thinking like, oh man, she's marrying this guy. I'm in the money. He's great. So And then the money. we find out that this moment at the... At the ball, when everyone is running off to go to fight in Waterloo, and Sophia's crying, she's not crying because she sees that she's going to miss the man she loves. She's crying mm-hmm. because she sees the pastor was not a pastor. He was one of Edmund's buddies who put a costume this is on. boy Mike. Which I, don't I mean, know if that's his name, that's, but he might as well be his boy Mike. That's the ultimate wingman. That's the wingman of the millennium. <laughs> Got to dress up like a priest I mean, so your boy can get some. It's despicable and it's disgusting, but that's and, the plan. The funny, the, I did laugh a little bit because like Edmund is just kind of like laughing as he rides off. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, and he's so nefarious and evil. Like he's not. I would never be proud of that. You know, it's, it's not some badge of honor yeah. to say that you did that. Because just thinking through the, this guy's thought process, like it's real sinister. Because he probably did not want to sleep with any girl. Because you know, there's a whole risk there with reputation of whoever you're sleeping with but if you do it under false pretenses great mm-hmm. and, then, and then you can say the girl's lying at some point and then she can ruin her, her credibility so for him it's win-win to dupe her into this whole thing mm-hmm. and I'm glad he died yeah yes he deserved to die and I hope he burns in hell uh, 
unfortunately for Sophia though, uh, Sophia, uh, she was pregnant. Yeah, and they have to pull a Lady Edith and get her out of town to avoid the controversy. Mm-hmm. And we see she gives birth to a healthy baby, and and Anne walks in and she's all happy to see this baby. And the doctor's like, "You got to go take a look at your your daughter over there." And can't stop the bleeding. Yeah, she's she ain't gonna make it. And and Anne keeps saying, "We'll talk about it when you wake up. We'll talk yeah. about all this when you wake up." Get out and uh, Sophia ain't waking up. Yeah, it, it's it's night night for her. And then like the episode ends with them flashing back to the Duke and her having a good time, and it's just it's tainted that image. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that that's a, a wrap on on the episode there. Uh, it's a boy, by the way, that they had. Indeed. Um. But man, I, 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 you know, at some point when they have a secret like this, it's going to come out in the open and it's going to be some kind of blow up. So it's all about the journey to get in there. This is this is that darkness. Like, like when I, I keep referring to this tweet from our buddy Michael Drew, this is depressing. Mm-hmm. This is real depressing. <laughs> this is not an easy watch. I mean, it depends how they handle it. Because they could do the whole telenovela route <laughs> where, you know, there's just accusations flying around and everything and make mm-hmm. it real fun and really soapy. But we'll see. I feel like this, from the tone of this, unless we'd radically shift, and I know we got a big big Hollywood heavy coming in to, to beef this show up. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I don't see this going whimsical anytime soon. And, gonna... and, and I think... Uh, Taz, Tasman, Tamson Grieg, apologies for the pronunciation, mm-hmm. who plays Anne, has such a weight of sadness on her that, like, even yeah. at this tea party, she's not fully present. And I just feel like we've seen this story so many times. I'm just going to put on my prediction hat. Somehow, by hook or crook, Susan Trenchard learns of this information mm-hmm. and holds it over the in laws or her mother in law's head try and get the house that she wants or something like that okay there's it's gonna it's gonna come into play somehow we'll see we'll see yeah um but i was also surprised how short this episode was uh, the whole season apparently like they're 45 minutes or so this is a dream episodes. come true following netflix's deception on queen charlotte yeah, no, I, I welcome the shorter episodes. Although for Julian, I'm I'm used to him writing a full hour, or you know, or at least fifty minutes worth of uh, stuff. So mm-hmm. it's okay. It's we'll fun. take it. Take it as is. Yeah, but Dave, was this a good episode to kick off the show? This this is so like Julian's in his bag right in this one because he knows that people expect the story of the young girl. He subverts mm-hmm. them. Young girl's dead. He yeah. loves a whimsical story. Anne is sad the whole time. Mm-hmm. He loves a sort of stoic leader in the the downstairs. No, this guy loves the gossip. I think this is Julian. I I didn't have fun with this, but I think it was very good. Yeah, I don't know if he loves the gossip down there. I think it's a bit of a stretch. But well, he he likes the uh, tea. He likes talking with his people. He doesn't know how to shut it down. I think is yeah. the thing. He does. He, yeah. I mean, the biggest thing to me is, you know, we know that Julian Fells is a, is a Tory. He likes, you know, the royalty and everything. 
to show someone who's connected to the royalty so willing to you know uh, dupe uh, uh, you know someone else into procreating that that's a it's a swerve from coming from Julian oh, so yeah I, I, I absolutely a swerve curious to see where we go but yeah I, I, you have me intrigued yeah Julian yes I'm, I'm not I upset this one the poll granted we don't know how Dr. Thorne is yeah. knowing us Dr. Thorne is pronounced like Dr. Thorny or Thorne or something doctor yeah doctor um, but yeah this will go down, go down easy 45 minutes a week for the rest of the summer we do have power rankings though we do have power rankings you want to crack off the season who's going down for you Absolutely. At number three, I got the Duchess of Richmond going going down. Okay. Uh, she's not too pleased to, to have the Trenchards there at the ball. Uh, and she has two kids that she doesn't like. Maybe you should have stopped at 12. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, She doesn't declare that 13 and 14 are the ones that she doesn't like. That's true. Uh, but, yeah, it, it just seems like, you know, she sat around with a lot of ill will for no reason towards this lady. And I, I mean, as soon as I introduced her as a dowager, I was like, "Oh boy, we got ourselves a new dowager." <laughs> and, and so we do get a quip at least from her, but she was just so uh, annoyed to have them at her her ball. Mm-hmm. Got to give her a docker one point for that one. Yeah, that makes sense. We're going down to number three. I got our lead, Anne Trencher. Okay. I think, as I said before, you know, she doesn't have it the worst, but she is definitely not having a great week or twenty six yeah. years. Because she doesn't like being here. She does not want to be here today involved. You know, she doesn't want to be at the ball. She doesn't want to be, you know, she's a little trepidatious going to tea. She doesn't like this society stuff that her daughter is like conned into and her husband is is enamored by. And then her favorite kid dies and she has to carry the secret and give away a grandkid to a stranger. You know, it's tough. It's very sad. Yeah, that's that's true. Well, the number two going down. I got Sophie is Sophia Trenchard. Okay, R.I.P. You got duped. That, yeah, sure. You got any, and you duped us because Julian Fellows loves a teen, young mm-hmm. person in this scenario, Always. and you really duped us. Well, going down to number two, I got I got Edmund, this dastardly evil man, because yeah. he paid the price. He died well, too. he's number one going down for me. He, I mean, he's a piece of trash, and he got what was coming to him. Mm-hmm. Rest in dirt. <laughs> yeah, that guy sucks. Okay. Uh, and also, he wasn't that handsome either. Well, I got, I got, I got Sophia at number one because this is this is the ultimate Julian curveball for people that don't know what to expect from the whole season, and and she's the innocent who is destroyed and corrupted and yeah. impregnated, and then. You know, Edmund presumably died quickly and 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 in a battle. Sophia, maybe he was bleeding out. Maybe, well, for not that long because we know that uh, James prodded the body. Um, Sophia, on the other hand, has to carry this kid, knowing she was duped, and then she dies giving birth. Like it's it's terrible. I feel you know the Trenchards have a rough go. Some of them, the female Trenchards have a rough go. What do you think the odds are that James pickpocketed Edmund when he found his body? High. Yeah. I bet you that could figure into the season later or something. He has some kind of keepsake uh, to prove it out. But, um, 
Well, who's going up for you, Dave? Well, number three, I got Oliver. Oliver Trencher. We don't know much okay. about him, but he's clearly benefiting from this new money. He's first generation or new, you know, child of new money. And yeah. even though he's not getting everything he wants, we can see that he's got a wife that brings money to the table. And she's kind of running the show. So good for him. He found a woman who's, who's taking the reins. And he's, he's made it through, you know? Yeah. Well, by that same token, I got Susan mm-hmm. Trenchard uh, at number three because she's yeah. married into this family with money. And she's kind of pushing all their buttons and can't get away with it, too. Uh so good on her getting in there and just kind of like staking her putting her foot down she's even got some of the downstairs on her side so yeah there you go good on her my number two going up I got the man James the magic man okay this dude profits off the war climbs the ranks in society to the point where his wife is getting invited to high society tea parties Mm -hmm. and he's he's happy with it this is kind of you know he lost his daughter but He's not internalizing it the way that his wife is. I mean, he seems to have mourned in his own way, but he's not, like, forever broken like his wife seems to be. Or at least forever mourning. And yeah, that's, that's well, rough. You know, like, rough for her, he seems like, I'm in the money. Yeah. I mean, you may see her as broken, but I got Anne Trenchard going up at number two. She rode those coattails of James all the way up to high society. She's having tea with people she shouldn't be having tea with. Mm-hmm. She's got a, a, a baby that she can invoke at any time. Well, man, now at this, time, at this point in time, that she can invoke as being connected to royalty. She's kind of lucked out. She may be sad and, and everything, but she's accumulated wealth. Okay, yeah, her net worth Julian is loves wealth. <laughs> what, what is good? Was that good for? Who knows? But she's doing better than she was. In some ways. Yeah. Her bank account is. And her society yeah. points. That's all that matters, right? Well, who's number one, Dave? Well, number one, I'm going off, I'm, I'm going unconventional. It's the community of Belgravia. Belgravia. Because. Okay. You can't even get the name right. Hey, okay, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm going to, okay. I, I might screw it up, but I'm going to try to stay on top of it. This mm. is a, we see this in the future at the tea party that. One of the dowagers or duchesses makes a comment to Anne that, like, we've made this our little utopia. And yeah. if this is going to be where we spend the next five weeks, it seems like their own little beautiful world that has thrived post-war. So good on all of them for building up their new world. All right. Well, I got James Trenchard. Because I want to keep it just in the characters this week. I don't want to bring in any communities or animals or anything like that. <laughs> uh, James Trenchard, as you said, Dave, worked his way up. He hustled. He still smells. He looks like he's dirty. But he got a portrait of him painted by someone who painted the queen later on. Mm-hmm. He's doing just fine. Sure. Let him have it. Hustler's going to hustle, and he he made it work for uh, him. Hustle, so. loyalty, respect. James Trenchard. That's his... Absolutely. Respecting him. And that is this week on Belgravia and Belgravia with that tomato tomato and we'll visit it again next week. Yeah. Dave, have you been able to watch anything else? I think the one thing that's important that I watched you also watched, yeah. which is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One. 
That is correct. And I, is correct. you successfully watched all six prior films. Yeah, I don't know what came over me. I, I, I went to a wedding on Friday and came back to my apartment on Saturday. And I was like, I just don't want to think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I put on the first Mission Impossible. Because I was like, Let, let's just prep for it. And my brain hurt from the plot of that one. But I still enjoyed the action. I was like, I need something dumber. <laughs> let's go to two. And two definitely doesn't have a plot <laughs> that mm-hmm. matters. And then I just kept rolling with it. I woke up on Sunday. I watched three. I watched four in the afternoon. I watched five in the evening. What? And on Monday, I watched six after work. And then Tuesday, I went and saw seven after okay. work. Yeah, I, and I, I am I'm tapped out. I wanted to do four, five, six. But I only managed yeah. to do four, which is a very good movie for what, you know, yeah, tentpole action movie. And I'll get to five and mm-hmm. six. I think I still got, you know, I'm not gassed out on them. I think... Watching four and then watching Dead Reckoning Part One made me, you know, want to watch six again. It's so good. It's better than I remember because I remember liking it the first time, mm-hmm. but I was still a little skeptical of it because Ghost Protocol we all loved so much. Even Rogue Nation we liked a lot, so I was just unsure of how good it was. But watching it again, it's like, oh man, they really did knock it out on that one. Uh, but yeah, there's something about Tom Cruise. Like we've talked about this before, just like. Top Gun Maverick and everything, you just can't look away. He's just he's just got a charisma uh-huh. that is like even as he's getting visibly older, and you know, mm. I kept noticing every time the wind blew through his hair, it's like you could tell that's not. There's a lot of chemicals in there trying to keep that in one well, piece. You, you can tell by the fact that Ving Rhames is supposed to be the same age as Tom Cruise, and mm-hmm. one definitely looks much older than and, the other. And Simon Pegg is starting to look older than Tom Cruise too. Yeah. We're starting to look older than Tom Cruise. Yeah. Uh, No, that's not true. That's not true. Uh, But, uh, yeah, the new one, I would say it's middle of the pack for for those movies. It's a part one, you know? This is not a... We don't have any resolution of the story. So, for people that dig that, I think think if it had... If we had... And and I know this is part one. We were not duped by this. But the stunts were there. And I think once we see the full picture, I might like this one more. I don't think that's possible for me because like I I I'm okay with part ones and stuff like that. I just, maybe I'd need to rewatch it, but the amount of time spent on exposition in this movie was I think crippling in some ways. Uh-huh. They, they spent so much time explaining to us what AI is because that's it's, what spoiler is alert. battling. It's AI. Well, it's not really a spoiler. It's like from the beginning, AI is the enemy, and repeatedly they have to explain to you how AI operates. And it's just like we're really doing this again. You don't trust us to pick this up at all. Um, because in past Mission Impossible's, it would just be like, I don't know what's going on, but it doesn't matter. Here they're mm-hmm. like, no, it does matter. It's like, are you, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure that? Yeah, really this computer is terrified of Tom Cruise. I mean, that's the where we're at in Hollywood, where the only thing that's afraid of Tom Cruise is a computer. Or rather, everything is afraid, even computers. I mean, he is the unstoppable force. <laughs> uh, it was funny. I was having a conversation with coworkers last night, and it was like, um, name one canceled uh, celebrity you'd like to hang out with, and someone said Tom Cruise, and I was like. Is he canceled? I mean, is he like the original canceled celebrity from the Oprah situation in Scientology? Well, that was definitely a, a blowback. I think you know the Going Clear documentary really set him back permanently for some people based on the allegations of him like <clears throat> monitoring Nicole Kidman and, and stuff like that. Although none of it's ever been like actually proved out, but those were the allegations. So to some people, yes, I, I literally know someone who was like, "I'm not seeing Top Gun Maverick. That guy's a." terrible person I'm just like I, I don't pretend to know enough about the man to go that far mm-hmm. but to some people 
Sure. Yeah. You're allowed. But Dave, you're Dead Reckoning. Eh. Thumbs up. Definitely better. Not bad, but yeah. The yeah, a lot of time on the AI, and I feel like the big stunt. You know, we've been doing. I I think Top Gun was so perfect that mm-hmm. this was a big, big feat, and it didn't live up to Top Gun nor Fallout. So I think they'll ace the landing. Yeah. Maybe he's got to stop doing stunts where he's falling through the air because it's like you build up all this hype around it and then it's over within like 20, 30 seconds. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Put him on the side of a building again because that one he can hang out, luxuriate a little bit. Yeah, show like flex the arm muscles. Let's see those, the the wrists, biceps. Yeah. Here it's just like, well, he, he he's he's in the sky. Well, he's out of the sky. Hope you enjoyed that. And then he's, he might be in the sky again. Who knows? He might be. It's more exhilarating to see him drive vehicles into opposing traffic. That, yeah. that always works for me in these movies. It's like, what are you doing? And the and the fact that he actually does that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the people driving the other cars know he's coming at them and stuff, and to avoid hitting them. But still, to see that visual is just uh, it's harrowing. Um, so, anyways, that's what we've been watching. That's what we've been watching <laughs> uh, outside of Belgravia. Uh but if you want, if this is your first time listening to us, you just happen to just start watching Bill Gravia, and you're like, you know, I'm going to listen into this podcast. You can find all these other shows that we've watched on our, our any podcast platform that you listen to us on. Mm-hmm. Uh, leave us a five star rating and review if you so choose. Uh, Pole Dark, Down Abbey, Gillage, The Crown, Bridgerton, Queen Shot. We've covered them all. Bridgerton, yeah, you you know it. We we've covered a bunch of them. Uh, we have a Podbean website where you can find the whole archive. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can email us at lordsgrantham at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon where you can join our Lords Grantham Lounge, talk with us. We're going to give you a bonus episode. I know, I know. Uh, and, yeah, that that's it in a nutshell. That's it. And we'll see you next week. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>